You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. Happy seven year anniversary. It's a seven year itch. Let the seven year itch what? begin. Uh, oh yeah, we might not be doing this for another full <laughs> year, guys. <laughs> Who knows? Things might change dramatically. Jeremy might start going on another podcast or something. I'm Episode. S- sneaking around on another podcast on the side. <laughs> 364. It is the seven year episode. Just like in real life, I do not have time for another anything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I have so little time. I have decided no garden this year. Um, I don't have enough time to plant it or maintain it, and so I'm probably just going to go take hiatus. Well, it's a good year to to take all of your compost, dump it into the garden section, and for this whole entire year, throw your grass in it. No, fuck off! I don't want more grass in there. I already have to pull it. No, when you mow. Oh, you mean just the clippings? When you mow. And then once every month, give it a little stir. Yeah. Yeah, I might do that. Um, just take my tiller out there <laughs> and then, <laughs> once a month until. Then for next year, you should have some decent soil. I mean, you should have some good soil because you've had your compost. We always say for a year, but it's like five. No, nah, it's been there for a while, and I've never used it. And I checked on it. The problem is there's still some lilies decomposing on top of it, so it needs a good mix-up anyway. But it's, like, compact. It's like a foot and a half that bottom stuff is just, probably perfect yeah like probably super dark black stuff with fungus in it and good stuff yeah i don't know um so uh yeah i'm not doing a garden this year um i've got enough work yard work because the yard's dead and the sprinkler system's kaput and uh we're trying to figure I, out exactly what we want to do in the order we want to do it in yeah totally understand all our garden boxes, like around the rose bushes, are all rotted out. They're all old, shitty ties that are rotted, which means soil erosion and grass coming up. And so, yeah. I think this year is going to be kind of a, I don't know, got to rip the park it's strip a build out. Year. Yeah, well, it's kind of like the bees. I didn't end up getting bees this year because I've been working so hard on the chicken coop. Oh, you didn't? That the time came and went. Oh. So. No bees, but it's fine because I've been working out there so much on the chicken coop, and you guys will see it this upcoming weekend. For yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited You'll to see it. it. So, but I totally get it. So I've only got one thing planted so far. Yeah, that's what you were saying. You haven't really gotten into the garden yet either. And so. the gardens. I mean, I've been working on it, but uh, it's so much work to get that stuff going. It like, is. It's not easy. Once it's all in place and it's all set up, it's not too bad. But yeah, cleaning out last year's, prepping all of that stuff, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I just, I, I know I'm not going to have the time with everything else that we're doing. And I just, something had to give. And that's the, that's the easy thing to say you can go because I don't need to run it this year. So, well, it's frustrating because the last two years were such lousy garden years. Yeah. And it's been like super moist this spring. Um, I think that a lot of snow melted like the last few days because I'm pretty sure all the high elevations got rain instead of snow. Yeah. Uh, which is, um, I was reading an article, uh, either yesterday or this morning that like half the snowpack's gone. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I was, I was, I saw that the t- today too. Half of it is gone. So that's a lot yeah. of water going somewhere. Wow. I don't, were we picking up all those dog barks in the background? It sounds like it. Who's fucking laptop? Oh, it's fucking Julia, right? She doesn't have her headset on. No, what? 
Where is that? Con- that is not my dog That's barking. That's from your ring. Can, will you Reese turn that off, please? Just end it. It's like, not my thank phone. you. Oh, that's right. It's coming she through had, her phone. She had the phone, <laughs> the ring doorbell open, and the dog was barking, and you could hear it through the ring doorbell. That was funny. <laughs> Seemed like Julia's microphone, but it wasn't. No, I was like, was Julia? I'm, well, it didn't sound like it was the. Do- it sounded like somewhat mechanical, like it was coming through a device. And I'm like, are you listening to dog barks on your phone? Because <laughs> she was messing around on her phone. But no, definitely it was not Julia. Um, anyway, yeah, I, yeah, the whole garden thing, I, I don't know. It's a bummer. Um, the snowpack melting, and then now we have a week of 80 plus, and I don't think we're going to go back into any cooler temperatures. So No. I mean, really, June's in a couple of weeks. It, it, it should be in the 80s. That's normal. Yeah. The reservoirs are all... Um, Getting getting more more and more full. Um, it's funny because every time they talk about Utah's reservoir level, they exclude Lake Powell and Flaming Gorge because we don't really get much of our drinking water from those reservoirs, even though part of them are in Utah. Flaming Gorge much less so than Lake Powell. Like most, Powell, yeah, most of Powell is in Utah, um, but it's not used to for water for much of Utah. But the Flaming Gorge is mostly in Wyoming, actually. There's only, like, a little tell-in in Utah. But the dam is in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, so um, it's interesting uh, to see all this water, and hopefully we don't have too much flooding happen. Um, I think the rain melting a bunch of it might have helped. The Ogden River, though. Like we've said every week since this has started, Ogden refuses to update yeah. their storm drainage system. I mean, maybe they'll, maybe they'll do something after this year's over because that <laughs> that river has, has actually probably been the worst in terms of flooding of all the waterways in the, the cities. Every area. year, Ogden, Farmington, those places flood every year regardless, but they refuse to update their infrastructure. Yeah. Whereas, like we talked about at the beginning of all of this, Salt Lake made huge changes after the after flood. After 83, yeah. And it shows. Yes, yeah, and it's, it has paid off. The biggest... Yes. The biggest snowfall on record ever in the state of Utah, and uh, it it has not created massive chaos and flooding at all. Nope, not in Salt Lake Valley. A little bit of flooding uh, in in some areas. Um, so like Kaysville had that, but that's the developer. The same thing with Draper. That was Those the developer. Two are slightly different because that was, but but some on immigration. Like they had that issue in the Sugar House area, but the Sugar House Park. Which was designed since the 80s to handle it. Was doing exactly. State Street was not a canoeing, flowing river this year. So all in all, all of the prep that Salt Lake has done is has has paid off. It paid off huge. huge. Yeah, they definitely did the right stuff there. And maybe that will serve as a model for the other idiots up north. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Still don't play in the waterways. There's still a lot of runoff happening. Um, Probably will be for several weeks. But you noticed, like I, I noticed... Uh, from last week to this week, there are peaks now that have no snow left on them uh-huh. from, from the Salt Lake Valley. So I was actually up in Camas yesterday uh, for work. Oh, yeah. How's it up there? Not much snow. I mean, way, way up, yes. Up in the mountains, but not on the plateaus up no. there. And, the, and this, the Park City, the ski resort's pretty much done. The the valley, I mean, a few spots here and there, but not really. It was probably 59 degrees. Like the canyons uh, and, and Deer Valley tend to close earlier yeah. than the Cottonwood Canyons resorts do because I think they're they're a little more exposed than the Cottonwood Canyons yeah. typically are. And the Cottonwood Canyons are also higher, I think. Right. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, well, because Park City, yes, it's up in the mountains, but Park City's in the lower end of those upper mountains. Yeah, yeah, and it's on a plateaued yeah. area that also gets way more sunlight across the whole thing. Oh yeah. 
Um, you know, way way more wind too uh, yeah. up there. Like I, I want to say it was fifty nine. So I mean, still a decent weather, but yeah, but fifty nine is going to melt snow. Going to melt lot snow. Of, so, so anyway, um, yeah. So that's still a thing. Uh, we're still paying attention to it, but uh, so far so good, I guess. We have a special guest with us for the rest of the show um, to to chime in. You guys have heard her on the show before. I don't remember what episode she was on. Um, but we have, I didn't look it up. we have Madge, uh, back with us Woo-hoo! from the foot zone. Um, yeah, welcome. <laughs> hey, thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here. Um, here to help celebrate our seven year anniversary. Seven years. You should feel special that you're the guest that landed on you the seven. You are the guest. You know, I feel so special. Like, I think it's like celebrate. Let's do all the things. Amazing. Yeah. I am. I, I have to say congratulations. That is a big thing. So, That's a long time. Kudos to you guys. That is a that long, is long time. time. So I, I know we've talked about it on previous episodes. I'm just, I'll just do a quick little recap how this whole thing came about. So Josh, who is not part of the show and hasn't unfortunately been for a very long time. And I, Josh and I had been on, I don't know, three or four or five other podcasts yeah. over the years. None of them ever lasted past 25 episodes. For most podcasts, 25 episodes is like the do or die because they run out of content they run out of content it's well it's it's also that's a commitment i I don't think a lot of people understand like if you're young and don't have anything going on but for us like old for uh, even with julia (laughs) like we're all really busy people and we're old we run businesses we spend two to two to three hours a week just to record yeah every week and sometimes more because we have to do like pre-recordings and stuff like that. And then we go on our adventures once a month. That's your podcast needs to be consistent to be successful. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be every week. We just chose that that would be it for us. But you know, we we do two to three hours of recording a week. We oftentimes go on site to do stuff. Um, we uh, like I said, sometimes we have multiple recordings. We also do a bunch of other stuff. So we're talking to other folks about coming onto the right. show and behind try- the scenes. We're always spending all that time. You know, trying to find them, working on the website, uh, producing the shows themselves, doing all the editing, finding the hosting service, like all of that stuff. Socials. That you don't see. It, and it all takes a lot of time. Like the two to three hours to record is just the recording. Mm-hmm. Um, and some nights I'm up late. Uh, editing because something screws up and I have to fix a lot of audio. Um, uh, and that just, that stuff happens. And so 25 episodes is, if you're doing them weekly, that's six months of straight. And, and that's a lot of commitment for someone for a hobby that they, maybe they don't know that they want to do it. And then if you're doing it on something, you know, very specific and targeted. Right. There's a lot of curation that has to go into it. Well, that's the, that's the biggest. You guys thing. did the 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 one that was also a, a vodcast, right? With the video yeah, for the the, the DVNR the, review stuff. That was the what was that? The, I don't know. But you have but you have to the kick. Well, we did the Kickstarter one for a while. We did the mm-hmm. DVNR one for a while. We did the Undead Soup. Yeah. We did the. And for all of those, you have to find the topics, you have to research them, you have to spend time to, and that's a lot. And so a lot of, a lot of shows, even if there is content, like at six months, you're like, what am I getting out of, what what am I getting out of this? Because at the end of the day, it's a hobby. Most people don't make money podcasting. So, so we'd been on all these other podcasts and, and the, the one we had been on at that time that had finished and ended and kind of, Falling apart's not the right word, but it just kind of ended. You just run out of content. And 
anyway, so we were talking about it and we we're like, well, we really want to do this again, but this time it needs to be our podcast, not us part of somebody else's podcast. And we need to come up with something that we're not going to run out of content. And it's and like, well, what, what on earth would we so, so talk they, about? so they sent out an email to, uh, uh, uh probably seven or eight. Yeah. A group, uh, a, a group of friends and, and accomplices, people that they knew. Accomplices? Yeah. <laughs> You mean um, acquaintances? Well, they became yeah. accomplices. accomplices. And so, uh, so they sent out an email to a bunch of folks, and um, various people responded, I'm sure. Uh, I was one of them. Jess, uh, who was also one of the originals on the show, was one of them. I actually was part of the first episode. Um, yeah. And and so when we, when we sent out the email, we sent it out to specific people because we knew they had a, a special skill set, just yeah. like the A-team. They had a skill set that we thought we could use. We knew Chris knew so IT. Chris knew about the programs, that kind of stuff. Jess knew a ton of people. There was a few other people that responded late. Some didn't respond at all, and some did respond. But after the fact, we're like, yeah. And four people's a lot for a show, and five people, which is what we started with with Bree being on that first show, was kind of a lot. So we definitely. That's when knew. I decided I didn't want to be on the show, and and we didn't know the full format. Like we had we had a couple meetings before we started about like, okay, how how are we going to do this? What's the topic? And that was a big one is like, right. what, what is the topic going to be? And we all came up with Utah. Yeah. Um, because Utah's fan. We all love Utah. We're here for a reason. Um, and it can be anything, anyone in Utah, anything about Utah. So it encompasses there's everything. And in seven years, every time we have this discussion, I can't even remember. We've had politicians. We've had. Uh, drag queens, florists, TV you. stars. We've had two Iron Chefs. We've had football players, dentists, doctors, tattoo artists. Uh, the guy that owns Beehive Cigar. We've been to distilleries, distilleries. Bre- wineries, breweries. breweries, the Summum Temple, the Summum that Temple. Cool. I mean, awesome. just uh, so many that I know it sounds crazy, but I forget sometimes. Until we start talking, I was like, oh, yeah, we did talk to this. And so anyway, that's kind of how it started, is is we wanted something that wasn't going to run out of content. We wanted to do it with people that we were friends with, we knew, that we liked. And so the new Remember, Utah, it started with the snowball microphone and Josh's echo Well, office. and our and our original, like, imagery, like, we didn't have logos. We took a picture of the snowball mic in Josh's office, and first, that was, like, our album art for well, the first Because that's part episodes. of it, too, is it was like, okay, well... We're not going to just dump a bunch of money into it. We're going to start and see how it pans out, see if we get past 25 episodes. And sure enough, Josh quit before the 25th episode, which is sad, but <laughs> it is and what it is. And by then it had moved here. We were doing it out of Chris's yeah, office. Yeah, because it wasn't as echoey. We didn't have the, the dogs barking at Josh's right. house for a big party. And then mm. a little while so later. So I just was like, well, I'm here we cleaned, in this house. You guys cleaned out down. this room that was a storage room. Uh, we all worked together. I built all the furniture. I- Padded it. Uh, we actually upgraded equipment. We've actually upgraded our equipment a couple times. Yeah. Better equipment. Uh, so over the years, it's just kind of evolved to where we have an actual place. And then we've got equipment that we take with us on the road. Uh, but it, I mean, it's it's all taking time. If you go back to our first few episodes, there. Okay, pop pop quiz. What were the topics of the very first episode? I have no idea. Your mom. No. The first couple episodes that we interviewed each other. My mom's um, pretty boring. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, that's true. So we always knew we wanted to start getting guests, but getting a guest to come on your show that has no history is... <laughs> We're a brand new podcast. Do you want to be on our show? <laughs> yeah, it's really difficult. <laughs> we didn't know the type of guests. Um, so we did a few different... We, we decided we wanted to do a few different things. We talked a lot about news and, and current events in Utah. You guys used to um, do the the 
We did the Kickstarter, Kickstarter thing. or lo- local Utah business review. Which, knowing the podcast I'd been on, we took bits and pieces of my other podcasts that had worked for those podcasts and kind of put them into ours. Over time, it's funny. All of that stuff is gone. We don't so, do any of that kind of stuff. We uh, we talked. <laughs> well, it got re- very repetitive because you were telling people the same things. and So we talked Salt City Strangers. Yep. Which is a comic book that Jeremy and and uh, and Josh both worked on, yep. uh, a local Utah comic book. And I think at that point in time, you guys had uh, uh, one of the comics was coming out, like another yeah. edition was up on Kickstarter because it was on number three or four, um, something like that. It was, by the way, it was in May of 2016 when we started this. <laughs> May twenty um, fourth. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the Utah Pride Festival. We were talking about that on our first episode because. It, in June, which is right. coming up uh, again, yeah. Uh, we talked about Tastemasters, which I don't know what the fuck we were talking about Tastemasters for. Uh, What's Tastemasters? And uh, Gaming Con. Oh, yeah, because like, Josh and I had been in Gaming Con for uh, our paranormal uh, the, game. For your, over your board, yeah, yeah, your, car, your our, cardboard game. That our game that we had just come out with like the year before. Yeah. It's or, over there was it for Paranormal Investigations or was it for the other one? Well, he had been on for the, the like, Ninja Family nin- Picnic. Yeah, Ninja Family Picnic, yeah. And then they invited us back for the Paranormal one. And then we were also, uh, for Comic-Con, we did multiple panels for Comic-Con. So all of that was going on when we first started the podcast. Okay, so be quiet for just a second. Okay. I'm, I'm play something for you. Okay, that's enough of that. I had to. I that had was to. our original intro. Oh, it was? From seven yeah. years ago. I like it better. Um, it, well, so it's from a site called bensound.com, which had, it's royalty free music, uh, that this guy makes and just throws up on the site. So we used it for years until Folk Hogan made our yeah. intro and outro for us. Well, first we chopped up one of their songs after getting permission. And then they were them. like, well, we can just do that for yeah, you. Yeah, they're like, we can record that loop longer for you. And so that's now yeah. our intro and outro because um, we love those guys. But that Ben Sound music was our music for a long time. A few years, um, probably three years. And, I have uh, forgotten all about that. And at some point uh, while we were using it, um, and we'd been using it for a while with the royalty free stuff at some point in the middle of using it, he updated his stuff and said, you can't use this for podcasts because oh, I wow. think he was getting a lot of people using it for podcasts <laughs> and, uh, and he wanted people to pay for that. And so we decided at that point time to move on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Falk Hogan actually, so it's our intro and is custom. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> wow. You can hear it, but the audience can't because oh. I turned off the input. Well, Although I do want to, I'm going to fast forward this. We're going to listen to a little more of it. Um, Why? Click this on because I want you guys to hear how it sounded. How horrible it sounds. Oh, <laughs> We've had successful kickstarters ourselves with our board games, comic books, so, so we're a little bit of an That's expert. That's basically what things. Jeremy's yeah, in fact, saying. Um, for a short period of time. Jeremy and I were part of a Kickstarter specific. So I, I just wanted to add that in there because it the was bad. Sound it was quality. terrible. It was not like we were recording in the can. bathroom. So, uh, it was, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting to go back and listen to what things were like seven years ago and how we progressed over that time. You know, well, and when we used to be in Chris's office, he had a big recliner chair and I, we'd have to take it I apart. I still have it. 
Well, yeah, that's true. We'd have to take it apart to get it through the door and then put up a table in there. Well, at, before the table, even, we were all huddled around my, my desk. No, just my desk. Because I, I had a big glass oh, L. L desk, and we all huddled around my desk, and I recorded on my my like desktop PC. And then um, that changed. At some point, we started bringing in a table, which made it even more, because that room's much, it's like less than half the size of this studio uh and then eventually we decided to make this a studio and that was one of the best decisions we ever made i think just to have this space become a studio so can i ask a question absolutely so like you know when they come in here it's all legit you've got the microphones you've got the setup you've got like you said the table you've got the foam you've got the like all of the things right like Mm -hmm. you guys are legit this is this is awesome i love it so much what did your equipment look like back then? Like, what did it consist of? I, I just am curious in my mind, like, so the ori- visually. The original stuff that we recorded with, for a while, we, we used this, uh, it's a, a blue snowball mic. So it, can still they get call them. it that because it's just, it's a big round ball, ball that you set in the middle. So and there's, it just picks up the sound. there's two oh, types, okay. there's two types of, of microphone technologies. The ones we use now are very directional. That's why you have to kiss the mic basically to talk into it. The advantage of that is, is we have music playing in the background. No one can hear it. If the dogs bark, you can almost never hear it. Almost. Uh, unless, so, unless Brenda leaves her freaking phone on. and Well, and I don't even know if that came through on the audio. Oh, to well, and we've been it. So like we were at the Halloween Expo. The Halloween Expo was a good example. Yeah. And we recorded live at the Well, we recorded at the time live. But you couldn't hear the whole entire expo going. And it was loud. Okay, it was okay really so it loud. only just picks up the voices and the, things that yeah. are that right, right directly. Here. So okay. or the dogs on and, the Zoom. And truthfully, or the, the ring. I mean, the first upgrade we did after that is we pulled money and we got uh, a handful of mics. Like we got three for thirty dollars, and then we got and that, that's actually we we got these, we had different stands. Here. They're the ones that we take on site now. Uh, they just have three legs. Well, we didn't even have. Those stands originally. We ended up getting those stands later. We had crappy stands to start with. Oh, had, that's right. And we had the split. So now I've got all of these that control all the mics and, or all of the sound. We had a, a crappy little splitter like you get from Right. Your, we just like did a wire. You know, like, like if you plug oh, it into okay. your phone and then you've got <laughs> somebody else yeah. to listen. Like, yeah. That. We okay. still use the original soundboard because it's actually really good portability wise. It's less big. It's smaller than this laptop is. Uh, and so it's a little thicker, but it's super lightweight. It's easy to, to, to cart around. The problem is not all the mics were powered for that. And so not all mics are created equal in how they deal with power. I mean, now we have a board where I have 12 channels. That one has four that we started on. Oh, wow. Had four. So you wow. can do four mics. So Bri, Bri and I always shared, share. we had to split our mics and share. But and, like this this board okay. here, this is not a road travel board. Like no. this doesn't move from this location. I mean, we could travel with it, but we choose not not to do that it's, it's better to have it set up and it just stays it's a yeah. studio board it, and yeah, it is yeah i mean it's not quite a studio board it's a step down from that because you know we're hobbyists yeah but like <laughs> our next move we've been talking about is converting all of these mics to always travel and getting different mics upgrade the again studio. to the yeah, next get, get okay. solid mics like the one you're using is actually the best mic in here uh, and we, oh, I feel special. Well, we give it to the guests. Seventh anniversary. It used to be Julia's, but oh, we decided that that the guest needs it because the guest doesn't stay up on the microphone. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Guess, say it no, no. into the microphone. Yeah, guests have a tendency when they're talking to like lean back. They want to look at animated, us, and we can't hear if they're not closer. Yeah. So uh, that mic picks up 
a lot better um, directionally still, but it picks up a lot better if you're further back. And so um, that's probably the best mic in here. But we would like to convert all of them to that mic and then take all of these and just shove them in the, the travel case. And, and then we don't have to so take So if you'd like to sponsor us, we can get new equipment. <laughs> well, well we that's did. what we did one time. Yeah, we, we actually asked people, you know, hey, if you're willing to... That's, like this is what we want to do. That's how we funded this this board, board. And, and some and of the other equipment. I think even some of the money for the table was or something. Uh, maybe I, uh, remember. I don't think it was the table because that was that was pre-table. Maybe it was. I, I don't, don't remember. remember. But it was yeah. It was to fund the board and and a couple more mics. That that's I what we got the good cords, ones. So this table, I designed it to fit this office, but we had to take the legs off to get it in. Yeah. Yeah. And put the legs back on it because it's it actually oh, okay. It's actually a two-piece table. Three because piece if you count the little, the the yeah. soundboard. Well, so, but the soundboard's actually okay. connected. Anyway, it, Chris it, is, is Chris is is separate. And really. the height, the height is slightly taller than a normal tabletop. Yeah, yeah. But on purpose for the mics and for everything else. So and it works really well actually for like being able. It's more like a desk height, so you can work at it. These chairs, yeah. uh, you'll notice <laughs> are are actually like. I know they look shitty, but they're high-quality office chairs. They're meant for people to sit in for long periods of the day. Um, so uh, one of the places I worked at replaced all of the chairs for all the staff <laughs> and sold these for five bucks a piece. And I'm like, I'm picking out the best ones and bringing them to the house. Heck yes. And so now we have – because yes. it was for a long time like hard folding, folding chairs. chairs. Well, yeah. and all of those things echo, whereas the, these the, do not. the cloth chairs and everything. And these are more comfortable for and guests. Brie covered the table with the the – Got this at the MPS when they still sold material. Oh yeah, the vinyl and the foam. The vinyl. Yeah. So yeah, we've we've come a long way in seven years. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a, a fun uh, ride. That's actually interesting to go down memory lane and talk through all that stuff because I think if you didn't, I mean, it, I don't know anyone that's going to be like, oh, I want to listen to three hundred and sixty four episodes <laughs> from one. Um, some shows you do that. Like I listen to a show called Half Ass History. And that one you can listen to, like, because each episode, with a few exceptions, is its own individual thing. And they're, they're, I mean, ours are pretty standalone. Well, some of them are timeless. Some of the early episodes are not. We did a lot of news and events earlier, and we decided we, we couldn't. We wanted to keep up on it. We wanted the shows to to. be a bit more timeless. We wanted to have more guest focused or more, you know, specific, um, you know, activity type focus over the last few years. And I think we've done a good job of, of retooling the show a little bit to do that. Yeah. We still talk about events, but not like we used to. Yeah. I mean, we used to do like 15 minutes of local events in the coming week, which is fantastic if that's what you're listening to the show for. But, um, you know, a week later, the events are for the most part, you know, no longer valid. And you could go back and listen to like the news that we used to do, a lot of local news, and we've kind of cut a lot of that out now. We'll still do yeah, some we just, stories. Yeah, but. like we do like the legislature, or we talked a lot about flooding. Or well, and and like the uh, the the East Terminal, the Salt Lake Airport opened yeah. today. My <laughs> biggest my biggest bitch in the world was that <laughs> oh, airport hell. change. Five new gates, which helps, Just, and then the seventeenth no. of October. In October, they're supposed to open the other 17. Yeah, I was going to say, it's the whole, like, the A terminal has that huge uh, east wing yeah. pass where the, the terminal comes into the actual concourse. So so by the end of October, all of A will be basically double what it is now. You know, it already takes me an hour well, to so even the, walk to my gate. Those, That's if you're B. Those, those, that is if you're B. Those it's gates, unbelievable. Those <laughs> gates will actually be almost the closest. So as soon as, you know how when you walk into the airport and there's nothing to the right? There yes. was like a, like a, 
pit and then like a restaurant thing there, or something? There will now be gates to the yeah. right that are open. So the first five oh, okay. will open today. Okay. Yeah. And then, oh. then. So now, now when you go in, now you go right and it's starting to fill. So, um, in, so that's in May. In August, uh, you'll have some more open up. I think there's four more opening in August. And then additional Thir- restaurants and mm-hmm. other such things. And then 13 more gates open up in October. And yeah. so then at that point, all of Concourse A will be done. So, so the, the east and the west side will both be done. Total of 22 new ones and then, to the right. And then Concourse B um, will open up um, October next. of 24. The first chunk of the extra Concourse B gates will open. And there's a second passage to get to B. Yeah, so that you don't have to walk all the way down A to get to B. Yeah, all yeah. the way down to practically the end of A. And then across there'll be one like... You're still going to have to make the hike, but you don't have to go as far to get to it. Uh, and that is that is planned to be called the River Tunnel. Um, and it, it will be the same as the other one, but it will be... So when you come out of the, the security area and you know there's the uh, the stairs and the escalator, that's where the other tunnel will be. Will there be um, electric scooters that we can take uh, no. through no, the it, Salt Lake International Airport? It's going to be an art installation, oh. a unique art installation. At least they're going to make through. it beautiful. Well, I mean, on the one hand, like most big airports actually have trams to go from terminal to terminal. Um, it's not that far, honestly. I think the issue is, like, if you're walking to a B-gate, you have to go all the way down a concourse, then cut across, yeah. and then sometimes you have to go all the way back, back the way you came. So this will actually cut that time down dramatically, because it only takes maybe five minutes to go between A and B. I oh, learned what happens when the, the trams and stuff go down, though. When we were, um, Brighton and I came back from Washington, D.C. recently, and oh, we, we had an overlay in the Dallas airport. It's, it's called a layover. We had a layover. <laughs> an overlay. <laughs> an overlay. That's art. Whoops. <laughs> uh, we had a layover, and they have two, uh, like Skylink, I think is what they're called. Oh, They've got two know. little tram things. One on the right side, one on the left side. One was down. Mm-hmm. And the other one was so, so behind. And if you had to go one to the left, you had to go all the way yeah, around. So Brighton and I were on there for an hour just to get one to the left. Um, and when we finally had to go back, cause our terminal changed, uh, one of them was on fire and the fire department was in there. <laughs> yeah, I hate that airport. And the Dallas. terminal smelled like which smoke. Air, it was a good time. Which airport was it? Dallas. Dallas. Oh, huge. It sucks. Yeah. It's an American hub, and I, there's two airports that I have been stuck at the most in my life, and I used to travel a ton. One is Denver, always because of weather, yeah, almost sucks. always because of blizzards uh, in the winter time. You can't do anything about it. You just get stuck, and you're like, whatever. Uh, I just, you know, I'll live with it because I could drive ten hours in the snow or more, or I could just wait and fly, and that's all I would rather do. Uh, and then Dallas, and it's why I won't fly American because every time I've been stuck in Dallas. It was Americans' fault. Like, at one point, I was there 30 minutes before the doors were supposed to close and the flight was supposed to take off. They closed the doors. They knew we had just landed on the ground. There were, like, They were the reason for our delay. And they closed the doors and sent the plane on its way. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll stay in a hotel for the night that you guys pay for because... Yeah, they don't care. That's on you. Yeah, they don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't... I mean, it's whatever. It's business travel. Like, when you travel that much, you you no longer fret about delays. Like... I know it sucks. I know, but you just you just learn to plan for those things, and 
you know, it is what it is. You can't help it. But yeah, Dallas is the, the number two airport I've been stuck in. And every single time it's been because of the airline. I've even been stuck in Colorado with you. Yeah. Denver in the wintertime, you just can count on bad weather because there's so much wind there and those blizzards are nasty in Denver. Um, and sometimes there's really bad tornadoes. And it sucks really bad in Denver because there's nothing nearby. So you can't leave <laughs> and go do something. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You're stuck. Yeah. I will say the Denver airport is fantastic in terms of the number of shops and yeah. businesses and things like that that you can do. Which is but... another good thing about our new airport. Like, there's a part of me that wishes it wasn't our airport because it would be a great place to have a layover. There's tons of shops, tons of great restaurants. It's the only Lego store in an airport. It's like back in high school, we used to go to the airport like on date night. Yeah. Like, and watch the planes land and take off and go to like one of the restaurants back before, you know. When you could go and could do go that in. sort of thing. Yeah. Before 9-11. <laughs> uh, everything changed. Well, and that's the other thing. The Salt Lake Airport was designed post 9-11, the new one. Right. And so, so all the security is prepared for all of that. It's designed, it's, it's deceptive if you've never been to it and you walk up and you're like, oh, there's no line for security. And you turn the corner and there's like a huge ass line. That it's just pre-check wrapped. people. Pre-check. Because you can't. But like, it moves way faster oh, than yeah. it used and to. And it's all upgraded equipment. Like, it's all brand new stuff. And so, you go to other airports that are not. Does it like the Houston it's airport? very frustrating. The Houston airport is such garbage because or, it was all designed. What was the airport I flew into by Corona? Uh, some weird name. Was it John Wayne? Yeah. No. The Orange County Airport there? It wasn't John Wayne because you keep thinking it's John Wayne. It's not. Um, anyway, I it like was John Wayne. so little... That you could like Long literally Beach. look from from one side to the other, and you could see security from like the terminals. And that's stuff. like the Provo Airport, <laughs> or like the Lubbock Texas Airport that's got like three gates. Yeah, I think this one had five. Yeah, but maybe that's, it had six. Those small regional six. airports are great. I like them. Um, so so Madge, Sunset Yoga and Beer is back Wednesday nights at the Gateway. <gasps> well, my I, stars. I might be having to go up to the Gateway. <laughs> I actually didn't know it was a thing. Yeah, it was a thing. So. Uh, they've done it the last couple of years, so so it starts again this week. So tomorrow night, if you're listening. But it's, it's through the entire summer. Uh, oh. Seven to eight. So it's one hour of yoga, but they have beer and wine and all kinds of things to purchase. I'll just point that out, to purchase, but along with it. Mm. So DJ wine, you said my love language. Wine. I was just gonna say if it's beer, I can do yoga at home. Yeah, beer, wine, and I'm not sure about other spirits, but I know beer and wine for sure. So you you can do a little yoga, relax with some wine. I would assume no on the other spirits because you have to have special. Remember, like that's oh, yeah. the thing special with Park license. Silly. You have to have special license, and for events, they only let you have it for so many yeah. so many days in the year. So. so beer and wine and yoga. That's the other thing. I know so much shit now because of this show about, <laughs> like, about just random, things, random right. things like that. Like, how would I in my normal life ever know that there's, like, this restriction of how many times you can yeah. have liquor licenses, like, full liquor licenses for special events? I know that because of my job. But for Park Silly, we found out that, that they because they, they, they have to have a couple. They have to have a couple days out of the year that they don't do liquor because there is a cap on the number of times they can <laughs> hold that festival with hard liquor available. So the days were weird, and we were asking why. Why is it like Monday, Thursday, and then nothing for the following week, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Because of the liquor license, I would have had no idea. Yeah, yeah. And that's that crazy. That's you find so out. crazy. Um, yeah, lots of cool stuff. And we've talked to amazing people. Um, 
Okay, I have, before we dive deep down, we have to talk about cheese fries. Oh, yeah. Because following fries. the question that we, we put actually, out there. We actually, like a whole bunch of people got all re- responded. and So so someone out there is listening. The reason, yeah, I think I said three. this, the reason that the cheese fry thing came up is uh, my food mistress um, had sent me a message that day or the day before, I can't remember, and asked me where the best cheese fries were. And I'm like, a training table, but they're not around anymore. And I couldn't, for the life of me, think of a place that had good cheese fries. Now, uh, our friend Julia here suggested Leatherby's. And Chris papooed it. Uh, and I still papoo it, but I've been <laughs> told they are actually really good. But I don't want to go to Leatherby's, so. Uh, it is good enough. I am willing to go back to the place I used to work at. To the, have chi- the place that should be child uh, getting labor. child labor infractions. Yeah, right? your, da- your dad told us about the, the pools of water and you had to stand just right so you didn't get electrocuted well, the opening big, the, the dishwasher. Bigger, <laughs> the bigger thing is how late they make Being kids work. No, the, the younger you are, the longer you get to stay. Yeah. That's just the which rule. Is, which yeah, is, Crumble's getting sued for having yeah, kids done it like, Well, they didn't get They're sued, real good they about got, the laws with the 14 and 15 year olds, but as soon as you're 16, they don't care. You're there till 2 in the morning. Yeah, which is still illegal, by the way. Except 16. for not in some states. They're changing I gave them laws. crap for it one time and they were basically like, well, you can leave then. Um, so... Apparently he was asking me, my food mistress, because they had a they had a taste test competition at work, and JCW's ended up winning. I was gonna say without you, but that was the place you used to work. Never yeah, without without me. It's so a JCW's, sad day. It was the huh? first one, yeah. Um, but he did mention, or not him, someone else had mentioned D's. One to of us, our one, one of our, our listeners. listeners. And I forgot, but D's has really good cheese fries. I haven't been to D's. I haven't been to D's forever. I should go there again. Cheese fries? Any input on cheese fries? I had no idea that D's even served cheese fries. Yeah. But I will, I, I have to second JC Dubs. Really? Cheese fries. Yeah. Yeah. So got to, I've got to second that because they're delish. Local fast food company trying to there be a franchise. Go. I'm going to put a poll up on our Instagram. Do so it. go vote on our story. Do it. So, so what out of those three? Yeah. Yep. Can you do a write-in on a poll? They, we Instagram? can do other, and they can message us what they think. Okay, so do that too. Do, that. do those three, do other. We'll see, and then next week we'll. Well, maybe we'll have a maybe we'll have a cheese fry taste test sometime in, in the future internally here. Cheese fries are only good for like ten minutes. I know that's really not something <laughs> like we could get and bring here. And that's eat true. Once that cheese sets up, it's all Our over. Our adventure yeah. is to go like, to the place that wins. It's it's like eating at the pie and then bringing it home the next day, and you like uh, open open the fridge and look at it, and you're like, you're like, what did I do? What, how did I eat this last night? <laughs> 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 There's a reason the pie is always dark. <laughs> I've never been into one that was brightly lit. That's and the PBR is cheap. And I'm not saying that the pizza tastes bad because it doesn't. It tastes great when it's hot. But holy cow, after it congeals and you're like, holy shit, there's four pounds of cheese on this. It's funny, though, because last Christmas we had our, our Christmas party there. And somehow we ended up with all the leftovers. But my son and his like three friends, they ate probably 20 pounds of pizza the next day. Like enough to make you sick, they ate it all. Yeah, well, that's you, why we left it there because we knew that you had a kid that would eat it. You can, he's a teenage boy, of course he ate it. All. Yeah, him and all his friends, they just oh, can we have some? We're like, sure, have as much as you want. Like they devoured it, so they didn't care. They yeah. ate the next day. Cold. It's good to know that it that it got eaten. Didn't go. It's like waste. eating a block of cheese under a piece of bread. <laughs> it's there's a lot of cheese on those pizzas. Um, okay, so let's do. Uh, I want to do a few memories uh, over memories. the last year, or maybe. Maybe all seven years. Um, I know we've done this a couple of times. We, we usually do it at the end of the year. At the end of the year, the last year. So maybe let's look at the whole big, big picture. Um, the whole big picture of seven years. I feel like you cheat because you have your computer open. Well, I have. I just have the thing here. I don't. I. I and I just want to kind of go off the 
the edge here. So like, what about, uh, your favorite, um, favorite special episode? So we do, so we do, uh, a, 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 most of our episodes have guests. Oh, we do I'm a going few that because I don't want any of you to take it because my memory's bad, but I'm going to go with the Summum Temple. Okay. That's a good one. That was a good one. That's a, that was a guest episode, but that was an on-site one. We didn't right. go out there. That's the pyramid. But you said or anything special. Downtown yeah. Salt Lake. Well, just off downtown. And they, they mummify people. Oh, my stars. And animals. Yeah. Mostly and animals. animals. They're the only ones in the country, in the country that, have a, that are licensed. They can license. Or so they can mummify their clientele people. is like the rich and famous and movie stars that want to be mummified. Hey, your oh. mic's jumping in your boobs. Uh, apparently, my boobs wanted to say something. So, Sorry about that. <laughs> so the Summum Temple, yeah, you'll have to look. That's that one cool. Up. And yeah, they have an actual pyramid. It, it, I think. What, I think the 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 best thing about that was we finally got them to agree to allow us to come. But you could tell that they were, re- <clears throat> sorry, really nervous about whether we would before. make fun of them or how how we were going to go about this interview. And when it proved that we were really interested, we weren't there to make fun of them. We weren't there to to tease them about their beliefs or or ridicule them. Like we really just we wanted to know why did you build this temple? Why is it the shape of a pyramid? What are you doing all of this? And they, how do you mummify people? You you really saw a big <laughs> shift, and then we got to meet their president, and then they actually let us go inside the, the pyramid and see the they they mostly mummify, mummify cats and dogs because they're less expensive, and there's really a feeling the, in there. Profit. There's there's mummified. there's also a, yeah that's cool. There, there's also that's really cool. a big spiritual component to it. Yes. I don't think we talk about that enough. No, it's not just the cost of mummification. I mean, they charge a, a fair amount for it, uh, but you but like go through a whole process where you write out what's going intentions on and, and prayers and people and, sit with you as the process it's, goes it's and months. they read you through your, your travels which, from life which is, to death, which is mostly why it's just pets that are mummified and not people because it's so much that like people yeah. come to them and say, Hey, when I die, I want to be mummified. What's the process? And they start to take them through it. And it's just, it's, it's a huge application process. It's a whole lot of work on the front because end. Because they don't do it just to, just to mummify right. people. They, there's yeah. a very, it's a religion. Plus their, their awesome. wine license, because they make wine as part of their ritual is license number, number one. one in Utah. And they have a, they have a wine. They were the very first winery. A wine wow. still in the Utah. temple. So. I have not, I've never even heard of this. So I'm so excited that you guys are telling it, me this. It, I love all of the things. Yeah. If you are ever interested in, in going out, especially with COVID over now, going out and, and seeing what they're about, please be respectful, but you can go there on Wednesdays from seven to eight. They do uh, a, a, an open to the public, uh, some of them book reading thing where they read some of their, their philosophy, their scripture. Philosophy. Really? Uh, yeah. Mm. And then they it's, also do a broadcast of it right. uh, as well on the internet. You can go out to their, their site at summum.us, S-U-M-M-U-M.us. So if you're interested in learning more about them, that is a great way to do it. And the reason they have the wine license is they pray while the wine is being, being fermented and then they consume it and they believe that the prayers and the intentions so, while it's happening are Im- imbued into the wine and then the wine becomes part of it. It's not much different than praying over your sacrament wine or your sacrament mm-hmm. whatever you do praying for it's a very right. similar concept it's just they pray and their prayers are in the same room as the as the fermenter so the prayers go into the and wine then and they don't the they don't sell it or anything it's they just make just enough for them to use in their rituals and Hey. So what about uh, what about you, Jeremy? 
You know, when your you say favorite all, special, your favorite special event or thing that we've done in all of our history. When you say all seven years, it's hard because <clears throat> we've been on some really exciting ones just the last few months. Mm-hmm. But but those, to, those could be it. I mean, I would. I think one of probably the coolest was uh, when we went to Ogden, and I know we keep blanking on his name, but the guy that did all the special effects. Oh, uh, yeah. So he did the special effects for um, Beetlejuice. Oh. And a, and a million other movies. And he had the, so he kept the, the hat. The and carousel. The rolly out arms. Oh, really? Because he made those. Yep. Um, and then he has the business card. After the movie was over, Michael Keaton gave him the business card, even though he's the one that made it, but Michael Keaton, Keaton gave it back to him. So it's the actual business card that Beetlejuice uses in the movie. Oh. So he has that framed and up on the wall. And he also had a speeder from Star Wars, like in his shop. That one was so cool. Just talking to him about all the stuff and it is, is crazy because he's like, well, yeah, we did all these movies. And when you do props, he's like, they just come and, and they, it doesn't stop. And, this week you're working on this, and next week you're working on that, and half the time you don't even know what it is you're exactly working on. And it's like, but back then, you know, 80s, 90s, everything was made. There was no special effects. There was no computer, anything. He's like, but stuff was, it was made, pieced together, filmed, and then thrown in the dumpster. I was just going to ask, what did they do with it all? They just... Throw it in the dumpster. They threw it away when they wow, were gone. Wow, that's like, a lot of work and creativity. He's like, like, you know, it, it looks amazing, time. but if you really look at it, it, what people don't realize is it's styrofoam, toothpicks, duct tape, and after they film with it, it's usually falling apart in garbage anyway. Mm. They just toss it. And he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't know what made me save the few things that I did. Probably just they were higher quality. Stuff they knew that he'd worked on. Maybe. And, and, right. But that one I think was, that was cool. Really cool. Uh, so we went up to his shop in Ogden and we got to see some of this stuff and he showed us some of the stuff. And, but just the stories he told about and, and the list of movies was daunting. I mean, Dune, some of the Star Wars. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know. The list was. He still does them. He still, and does, he still does. So he's Oh, special, he still is around, uh, still doing all the special, special effects. effects. Yeah. So, That's really cool. So special effects props specifically. So just all of the movies he'd worked on and just his stories and oh yeah, working with this, this actor was a jerk and this I recently jerk. learned that Moon Knight, they actually created all of the costumes so that for the CGI of like the transforming and stuff that they could do, they could get the motions right. So all of those costumes, even though they're CGI in the show, they still they were they, all they were actually they, all created all practical yep. costumes. Anyway, we've had a lot of cool ones, but that's one that that kind of stands out is like pretty unique. I like it. Yeah, being able to and that shop was cool. Like he had tons of cool stuff oh, in the yeah. shop, amazing stuff. Like I said, the speeder, the Star Wars speeder, like life size. Just That's cool. That that one was really yeah, cool. Yeah. What about you, Julia? Do you have a favorite thing that we've done? I always love a good aquarium trip. Was that I your favorite? The aquarium was cool. Don't I don't know. I, I like a lot of them. I don't have like a one favorite though. We're picking up a lot stop, of background stop from grabbing rocking your, your mic like that. You're not allowed crap, to do crap, that. Crap. <laughs> Sorry. It's the, it's, the, it's the stand that does it. So you can pull the mic out if you want. But no, it's fine. So um, I think that legitimately was your favorite. I I got COVID from it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you and your whole no, family. No, you guys traveled there with COVID. <laughs> yeah, you, maybe. You got COVID oh, from, from it. Julia. It was Julia that gave it to you. I also nice. thought um, Oktoberfest was kind of fun. That was different. Got um, to Oktoberfest last year. Yeah. I, probably the Leonardo, though. <laughs> Brie was, almost spit out her drink. I almost spit out my We didn't water. say the worst thing we've ever done. That was so The bad. worst thing we've ever done in our whole lives. No uh, offense. It, I think as a show, that was the worst. Hands down. Yeah. It's really like... I don't like to talk bad about stuff that I we do. I was just relieved when everyone about. else didn't have good stuff to say because I was like, please don't, no, the Leonardo, please don't ask me because I don't Leonardo have anything good to say. Sucked. It's That's... great if you're a kid and like Legos. No, it's not even Because you can play with the Legos. <laughs> because Clark Planetarium's free. And Planetarium is great. A million times better. We all took a nap there. The, the problem, well, one of many problems is they used to have some really good exhibits the human body one wasn't that the one that yeah, was they, body had, works. they had body, but that was all with the previous the ownership. previous owner. Leonardo changed ownerships, and now like they had very little there. What was there was dirty, broken, not working. There yeah, wasn't was, a lot of people around to help you. It was just weird. like I think it's great for the kids that go there on a school field trip because and, there's like projects that they do and people dedicated to like help them. But if you're just there to go through it, it's well, like, sorry, well, but then after going to the Natural History Museum. Like night and day, and the Natural History Museum has tons of hands-on stuff. It's also got a lot more money to be to be one hundred percent fair. Well, but but the 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 exhibit on flight that was so crappy. All it was was a bunch of billboards with pictures on it with very little explanation and like some soundtrack in the background. And you walk down this little hall, and it's like a poster board that like a sixth grader put together. You're like, you got to be kidding me, right? This is it was bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's our. Least it's favorite. our go-to uh, slam. Um, okay, so for me, um, God, that, it's so hard. I know. Like seven, That's why I jumped first. Se- seven years, seven years uh, is is really tough to pick one one particular episode or adventure that we did. Um, and I'm like, what about uh, when you did? Was it anime bonsai? And you had the, or was it? Or was anime. it? Yeah, and you had the totally packed room full of people. With the so, so we went to Anime Bonsai five, six years ago. Yeah, it was I a couldn't while find the back. episode. And so um, they there was a miscommunication. They set us up like a panel. So we're in this room of I don't know two hundred. Yeah, we just wanted seats. to record not and like seats. interview a handful of people. Not a single person came because they but they pretended during the episode that it was packed. <laughs> That was pretty So we funny. did our entire show to a I love completely it. empty room. Absolutely. You you saw them all sitting there. But you'd never know. And I kept I kept saying, I kept like interrupting, hey, you in the back, you got to sit down. It just like <laughs> the whole episode. It was, uh, that was fun. That was fun. I wouldn't say that's my favorite. No, though. but it was funny. Uh, but Anime Bonsai was a lot of fun. Um, man, favorite special episode. Or like the Halloween convention or expo. Halloween expo or... was fun. Yeah. I, maybe I saw the... you guys at that. So I really, really enjoyed the Halloween Expo. We had some of our, I think some of our best episodes ever came from interviews from that. Well, because yeah. that's where I met Rafen. Yeah, we met Rafen mm-hmm. and like got tied in, and, and Jen, Jen got tied into mm-hmm. a huge network of people. We got to talk to all those face-off people at length. Yep. Um, uh, the and the, the German, the German dude was the best. Oh yeah, like, he was amazing. He was, so fun. He, was, he, was fun. he was like the star of one of the episodes that came out of that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, maybe that is one of my favorites. I have a hard time with that one because that one was also one of the most 
difficult for editing because we had so many different tracks. And you guys talked to Jen McGrew for like four hours. Because Jeremy and Josh were fucking drunk. They, so was Jen. And they so were, they, they just commandeered <laughs> the microphones and just were like, blah, they, and blah, like blah, we, blah, we wandered blah, off blah, and did blah, stuff blah. and came back. And, and I'm they like, were still talking. It was two hours of, you're my best friend. No, no you're my It was not friend. two hours. It was closer to four hours. <laughs> I had to listen to it all. And at one point I recognized like they've said the same shit like five times now. Like they just keep talking. Like they'll go for like half an hour and then they will recycle and start the conversation over. And Jen just was right there with them because awesome. they were all totally housed. And so I, she, she was also out in the parking lot smoking. Oh yeah. Before we oh yeah. Started. Yeah. yeah. Like, but I, you know, that was a, that, that was, was awesome. A, that was a really fun event for us because we, we did get, well, that, the authors, yeah, uh, we got the lady from England who actually came back to and, show oh, yeah, and, and premiered her, she, book, she premiered with her us. book with us yeah. before she did it anywhere else. And that's something that's happened quite or a bit. Or Peter. Yeah. I know that he wasn't a Utah thing, but like he came in be- for our episode with Time and um, Place. Time and Place. And then we got hooked up with him, and we even did a we recorded an episode like Two. a Saturday morning. We recorded a couple with Two him. Two of our Irish. Um, but but uh, yeah, I'd say probably the Halloween Expo. That was you know in terms of actual events that we did that we just got so much out of it. Um, and I think that was the first time that we started getting people really wanting to come see us uh, because even post that we had the the effects guy that's how Russ Russ that's his name so that's Russ, how we got in in touch with Russ, Russ. uh that's oh, yeah. how we got in touch with there were other face off people that we had talked to in studio well, here Silent Forty Nine who I knew them from before yeah. but they showed up at the Halloween Expo and then I kind of saw them again and oh you guys ought to come so we were able to get an episode with the Silent Forty Nine at Silent because 49. of uh, the Halloween Expo so yeah. yeah that opened up a lot of doors. Maybe in part of that one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we were there for a couple of days, recording tons and tons of stuff. So it was it was a, a lot of fun that one. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think that's one of my, my favorite guests though still is probably um, Sim, just because he's been on a couple times, and the very last time he actually Sim asked Gil. to be on to interview us, and it was during COVID, and so he was on the computer and he had questions for us, and he interviewed us and asked us questions. It's Sim Gill's Salt Lake's uh, district attorney, for those of you who don't know. Um, yeah, he still is. <laughs> still is. Still is. <laughs> um, he wins most elections pretty pretty easily, I think. I think he's a, a fair guy. I think he's well-liked. He's definitely smart. Um, and he's he's got these little tricks, like... He'll go into a room and he's sitting around a table and he'll draw the table. And then when you go around and introduce, like, he'll write your name. And then as he's talking, he'll be like, and Julia, da, 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 and Madge, da, 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 and then Chris. And it, it, you feel very drawn to him because he's remembering your name and addressing you using your name. And he's super smart. Yeah. Very, very, very smart man. What about your favorite guest? Well, I'd say match. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Played it safe. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's another hard one because we have interviewed so many amazing people. I think one of my favorite that really stand out was Dash mm-hmm. and his story of being a refugee from, I'm going to mess it up. I think it was Sierra Leone. Is where Dash is from? I don't think so. It's somewhere in Central. In West, that doesn't sound right. It's West Africa. West Africa. So his family uh, fled the horrible 
mass genocides that were going on there when he was younger, and he ended up in a couple of different places. Well, and I don't even think it was his whole family. Didn't they send him away him for a little bit or something? or something? Anyway, his story was just amazing, how he came to America, um, was able to get away from all of the the war and everything going on in Africa. And, you and know, then, one of our guests is your contractor, um, what's Frank. Name? Frank. That was an interesting guest yeah, because was, he has a really interesting history. Yeah, so a lot of them, but but uh, Dash is, I think, was one that just really stands out as an amazing story and and coming to America and making a life for himself despite everything that he'd been through. I'm looking to see if uh, it was put into the blog as to what, where, where he's he came refu- from, where he's a refugee from, and I don't think it was. Just say he was a refugee. You're gonna have to go listen to it. That was episode 47. That was in our first year. Yeah, wow. that's and we interviewed him again, and I think that's one of the things that's happened a lot. Um, Madge is in in that club of people that you know we we. You're in the cool kid club. <laughs> I love being part of the cool kids, you guys. The, yes. The thing is, is a lot of people will say yes to a podcast, and a lot of times they've been on one before. Most podcasts, when you're on them as a guest. Um, you know, I am Salt Lake's a good example. That's a very curated podcast. So he does long form interviews with people, asks a question, gets a response, does a lot of editing to make that thing very, uh, professional, essentially. But um, it's a question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. We're done. Yeah. And, and he's going to edit that to be what he wants. And if he doesn't like the way one question and answer plays out, he might not include it. Our, Podcast is not like that at all. It's as free form as it comes. <laughs> you know, we have conversations with people. We don't have interviews. We interject our own thoughts. Um, you know, we, we get a lot of back and forth. And we have an insane number of guests that ask to come back on the show because they have such a good experience. Not always because they want to talk about something else. We actually have to say sometimes... Uh, like they'll, they'll Do be you have like, anything new going like on? Like two or, or three months later, they're like, hey, can I be on the show again? And it's like, well... let's let's give it some time what else do you have going on so we saw dash episode 47 we all like dash quite a bit he talked about title boxing and his story but he also does uh this dna based diet stuff uh and then we talked to him again like another over a year later uh, episode 107 was the next one that we we did with dash uh and so um, you know, we do have a lot of guests that come back. A lot of times it's a, a year or more between uh, episodes or like Sim Gill. Asked. I think Sim's the only one that's been on three times. No, we've had uh, Chris 2.0. What's his yeah, name? Yeah, but he kind of did. But he did guest hosting. For yeah. The commi- the yeah Chris yeah, we've, we've had him on three times. Yeah, he did, some, he did guest ho- hosting while I was I guess out. technically Sim kind of guest hosted, but nobody was out. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he had asked to come on a third time just to specifically yeah. interview us. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I really like that. Would you have a favorite guest, Julia, in the time that you've listened or, or been on the show? Obviously, it was me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I've liked being able to bring my bosses at whatever job I've been working in at the time. <laughs> I've done it multiple times. I think it's super cool. It's kind of fun to learn more about who I'm working for kind of an interesting experience i imagine that is mm-hmm. um, i'm always a little wary to bring people that i've worked with onto the show i don't know why so like we we had taylor on uh from food truck league um and who i had to invite not well, you <laughs> and we only got we only got taylor on because you had reached out to them and elliot who is one of his like general manager guys had had said yeah i'll come on and i said oh if we're doing the food truck league we're gonna have taylor we're gonna have the actual owner so on. i had to pull a chris card 
And so, you know, don't she, you yeah, know Bri- who I am? Bree's like, no, no, no. Is Taylor going to be on? Let her, let him know this is Chris's podcast. And then Taylor was like, oh, I'm coming. <laughs> um, but you know, gosh, I don't know. My favorite guest of all time. Um, it's hard, isn't it? <laughs> well, so this might be, uh, maybe this is a little controversial. I actually think my favorite guest of all time. Um, you have to hear me out. <laughs> I know who is, you're I know where say. this is going. Uh, is Burgess Owens? Uh, <laughs> and, oh, I knew you were okay. gonna say that. And I, I, the reason I say that is that's a you know. Well, first off, Burgess <laughs> had never listened to our podcast very clearly, clearly when he came in here. But I thought you know we are Marxists. We are all very liberal on this podcast, and we don't we don't really hide it. We don't make any qualms about it. Like that's just who we are. Even though I'm a registered Republican, me too. Um, <laughs> but we we uh, asked for Burgess Owens to be on the show. We got him to agree to come onto the show, and we had a really good show with him. Even though he called us Marxists and Leninists, uh, he he didn't know. Like that we were liberal, but that's because the conversation we had with him. We was really a, kept it to football and his history we, rather than we didn't keep his it to political football. talking. We didn't barely talk about football at all. We well, talked his about history. his life. But so like post football, like, his story was very interesting. He, to go he's from, been bankrupted himself several he, times. He yeah. grew up in segregation. He was the first black kid to go to a white school in Florida. Like, he was the first black kid to get... His parents were both professors, though. He was the first black kid to get a scholarship, an athletic scholarship, to a university, to the University of Miami. And to, to make it as big as he did, multi-million dollar football player, was it 1982? Be- yeah, the best is the story he tells. He, you know, he ends up, he's a Super Bowl winning running back. And he let NFL. us all wear his Super Bowl ring, by the way. And we all have pictures cool. of that. And, Did uh, it accidentally get stuck on your finger? No, oh, so never. Big. His fingers are so big. <laughs> I have to use two dude, thumbs. Dude, <laughs> yeah, it's just like fly, sliding around on your thumb. Like on my hand, like I couldn't even close my fingers. You could probably wear it like a bracelet. Yeah, but, it was pretty bad. You know, he tells a story where, you know, he had, he had bankrupted himself post-NFL career and he was working as a chimney sweep chimney in sweep. Pennsylvania and some dude's some like... Dude noticed him. Are you hey, like are cleaning, you cleaning his chimney? And he's like, yeah, man, that's me. He's like, oh my gosh, will you sign something for me? Burgess is a chimney sweep, sweeping this dude's chimney after an NFL career. <laughs> like, but, but that we, was the turning point when he's like, I got to fix well, something. Well, that's, that's where we learned that he worked for Corel for years. I don't know if anyone remembers Corel, which is a big Utah software. company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's another thing that was a cool tie to Utah. And that's, he ended up back in Utah because his kids all wanted to be here. And they're like, Dad, you need to move out here. And so him and his wife moved out here to be with their kids. Um, and, you know, while. Unfortunately for us. While I'm not a fan of Burgess Owens as a politician, I thought it was a fantastic show. That is true. And yeah. I think for us to get Burgess Owens on the show was huge. You know, he was in, that's a very contested race. That was when he was, he was vying for McAdams seat, uh, and the only district in Utah where a Democrat can win. Um, and, uh, we'd asked McAdams to, to be on the show. He did not want to be on the show. Uh, and Burgess said yes, which I thought was really interesting that we were able to, and we've done other political stuff, but I, I, I just think, you know, in terms of like how well we did with him as a guest, with that conversation, having someone who's totally different beliefs and have a good conversation without yeah. just arguing and fighting. And yeah. And I, and I don't think that we ever argue with our guests. I think that's something we're, we're really cognizant of. And we, we try to ask insightful questions. And if we don't like where the conversation's going, we redirect it fairly <laughs> well. And, and I think we did that with him. And so 
I think for me, that's probably one of my favorite guests in terms of it just shows range and depth and what we are capable of as, as hosts, I think, uh, and, and the kind of people that we can have on the show. So, yeah. and we've had, we, you know, we've had a lot of people ask us over the years to be on the show and it's clear they only want to be on here to hawk a product. And that's not what, that's not what we want. And we've turned people down that, that are that way. Oh yeah. That Definitely. Just, I mean, it's fine if you have something in right, business. Right. We, we definitely it. want to hear about but the if, businesses. If you're and just things, on, I had the one that was like the nasal dude kept bugging me. Oh, this nasal thing. And I'm finally like, have you ever listened to our show? Well, no. I'm like, listen to our show and then talk to me. Never. Yeah. Respond never back. Respond it's like, yeah, I don't think you understand. So that being said, Madge, what are you here to hawk? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well. <laughs> um, no, uh, but you know, we, we like to have people on the show and, um, I, I really enjoy when we have someone on the show for the whole show and they're able to interact and who did we have on a few weeks ago that was here the whole it show? It was one of Julia's, Julia's. Anatolia or Ancora. Ancora. The, the, the tattoo and the, the, the micro was, tattoo. She was really She's gotten a show. lot of people into the podcast because of her episodes. So she's, yeah, she, she did a really she good had, job on the show. She had a really, so I, I, Good story. I yeah. do encourage you to go back through our catalog of shows. And if you look in the last couple of years, they're a lot more interview heavy. Um, they're much, they used to be two to three hours long every episode. Did they really? Oh my oh, God. Yeah. Yes. Uh, now we're doing one to one and a half hours, generally speaking. Um, it's very rare that we hit two hours, um, because I think we're all, we're all cognizant of two hours is a bit long. Um, you know, an hour is well, a good I think amount of time. When we were doing more news and stuff, like we yeah. were recording for an hour and then we would record an hour with the guest. And if the guest was interesting and went 90 minutes, then suddenly you have a two and a half hour show. Cause we're like, not cutting it. Like we're, I'm lazy. <laughs> That's a big part of yeah. it. But also I want, I, my, my favorite kind of podcast to listen to are ones where you can get long form interviews with people. And where you can let them actually talk and discuss things themselves. So I listen to a show called Breaking Points regularly. It's basically my, my main news outlet these mm-hmm. days in terms of like any kind of like news media other than reading stories myself. Uh, and they, uh, today actually just put out, they had a long form. I don't know how long it was. I think it was maybe like an hour with, uh, RFK with Robert Kennedy. Wow. Who is, that was uh, interesting. And they're, they're going to try and do one with, uh, Marianne. Is it Marianne Wilson? Is that her name? The, I think that's right. Yeah, that the, sounds right. The other candidate for the other Democratic candidate uh, for president, uh, and I, the, I know they reached out to the White House, but those are the type of things where, like, they do an hour long form interview where they let him talk, they ask questions and let him talk about all sorts of stuff, and those to me are the most informative. You really get to understand what someone stands for, what they're about, what their story is, and so I think that's what we we a lot of times strive to do here. So, uh, that being said, Madge, what's your story? <laughs> we, we really we're, do. We've already talked. The thing is, we've already talked to Madge, uh, at length about her story and what she does. Um, but she wanted to be on the show again. And, and we wanted know, her to be on the show again. Tell us about the updates. What are the new things? Or actually give a brief a introduction for people who haven't too. listened to your episode. Oh, yeah. Like, what do you do? She's going to rub my feet what later. What do I do? <laughs> yes, I am. I am. I, well, I am excited to be back here and there has been a lot of changes that have happened since I've been, 
um, back. But I do have to say one thing to you guys, and that is kudos to you guys because I feel like, um, people are able to be real raw and vulnerable here on your show. And I think that is a lot being said. Like, like you said, I don't think it's laziness of cutting it out. I think that it is because it is important. I think that, you know, cutting certain things out. Yeah. Okay. But I feel like when people are telling their story or their why or, you know, their passion, you know, when you cut things out, I think maybe certain people miss that message, right? That was maybe meant for them. And so anyway, so I just, I appreciate that the real and the raw and the vulnerable is what I'll say to that. Um, so yeah, so I'm Madge. I am the owner of Pixie Feet and I am a foot zone instructor and practitioner. And what has changed is, you know, I started in this little teeny baby office. I first started zoning for uh, my husband and then I just knew that it needed to grow so I could help other people. And then I became an instructor and it has just been an amazing journey. Um, I don't just do just foot zoning, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm a Reiki master and I also do, um, sun quantum Reiki, which is really neat. And so I incorporate those, um, into the zone as well, which is super awesome. Uh, and, those are the things that I really enjoy doing because it's, it's kind of taking for me and my clientele, it's like taking us on a, a journey, right? It's, 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 um, foot link, foot zoning on steroids <laughs> is what I think <laughs> that it is, right? Like, um, just bringing in more energy, <laughs> pause, right? Take it a photo. Love it. Um, but I just, I don't know. I still love helping people every single day. And the reason why I decided to be an instructor is because I want to teach other people how to do it so they can help other people heal. Right. I think that, um, the world is changing, right? Um, people are waking up. People are needing healing. They're looking for different types of modalities and different types of ways to heal. I think the adage, like when we were kids was just cry it out. You're fine. You know what I mean? You ignore feelings, you ignore problems. You just, you don't talk about it. You don't admit there's issue. I mean, PTSD is a big one. I know growing up, like after Vietnam era and all that, no, but that P I mean, it existed. Oh, believe me, it existed, but it was brushed under the table. Nobody. And now, now it's, you see it a whole lot more and you, well, not, maybe not understand, but you see it, you can recognize what it is and people get help for it and people actually realize it's a thing. Right. It, it, that wasn't like when I was a kid, like. Yeah. You don't talk about it. Swallow no. it down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wipe a little dirt on it. Mm, wipe yeah. those tears. No crying. Exactly. All those things. Right. And I think for so long, it's like we talk a lot about limiting beliefs and those things, right? Generational, those kinds of things. And I think it's just because um, we've been conditioned is my own personal opinion on that as far as unless we really are digging deep into our emotions, how we're feeling, how we're feeling physically, mentally, like you said, like that, that PTSD, those types of traumas, emotional, right? Emotionally, really how many of us have really dove deep into what it is that we truly are feeling and identified that emotion? Not very many, 
right? We just kind of sum it up as, oh, I'm just pissed off or I'm just frustrated. But really, if you get down deep enough, that root cause shows its face and it's like, okay, let's get that out of there. My biggest thing lately is, you know, we need to, we need to feel the emotion so we don't become, right? So we don't become that emotion. We don't want to become that because it can take us over. We can become angry. We can become pissed off. And then that pretty soon, that's who we are, right? Um, I know that's not, it wasn't my quote. I can't remember off the top of my mind who, who said that, right? But that's not me saying that. I'm just saying, like, that's our biggest thing is we really need to feel those things. And through all of those beautiful modalities, whether it's foot zoning, whether it's Reiki, whether it's sound healing, drumming, all of the chakra healing, any of that is just beautiful, right? And I would just say, like, I've kind of just dove deep. And if I can continue to learn and grow and work on myself, I'm able to help others do the same. The minute that I'm like, yeah, you know, healing is a destination. It's not. Healing is a journey. And there will always be something that I need to work on. Therefore, I know that as a healer, um, that's what I want to help people do and feel. I want them to heal whether it's their inner child, whether whatever that may be, that is my job and that's my role. And foot zoning for me, that's what brings me the most joy. And I just want people to to experience that and and love that like I do. Yeah. So that's what I do, friends. I'm I rub feet for a living. <laughs> and, and as you are interested in hearing more about her story in depth, um it was almost been 2 years. So it was really? August 2 August. years. August of 2021. Oh, my stars. Uh, okay. Episode 200, <laughs> yeah. 273 uh, is when we, when we talked to Madge. Wow. Last, so. Okay. It doesn't okay. feel like it was that long ago, right? No. No. So I know I, I did a session with you and you were in the bottom of that school, but now you yeah. have like, you're legit now. <laughs> you know what? Legit. Yeah. Been an instructor for over a year and just, yeah, like it's. You know, your passion grows, um, much like, like how you guys were talking about your podcast, right? When it first started, what it started to be and, and where your focus was and you knew what you wanted and you could see it and you were manifesting, you were working towards it. And it's so amazing, like how far you guys have come. And when I look back at like my journey and just in the three short years I've been zoning, I feel like, holy crap, Batman, like, you know, like I've, I've, I found that and I'm, I continue to grow every day and it's, it's amazing because was I the zoner that I am now three years ago? No, but will I be the same zoner three years from now as I am today? No. Right. And I just, I, I love that, but I cannot believe that it's been that long. That's awesome. It's always, it's always interesting when we dig up, like I'll dig up the episode numbers for people that come back and share it with them and they're like, Oh my gosh, it's really been that long. We've been doing it for seven years. Uh, <laughs> wow! You know, I, you know, I forgot to mention Dat. Dat Fam is probably one of oh, yeah. one Not of my Dat. Viet. Viet. Sorry, Viet I, why do I always call him Dat? I, I do it all no the time. But Viet is one of our favorite guests, and that was one of the most special things I think that's ever happened for us. When we um, got to go to yeah. Pretty Bird before, before it opened. opened, so we talked. Have you ever to, been to Pretty Bird? No, you need to eat at Pretty Bird. So okay, we, it's yummy. We talked to Viet Fam. I'm gonna go away from you for a minute. So <laughs> it was when it was when. Josh was still on the show, and it was in the offices. You it guys was had him on episode fourteen. 
Um, and so he was one of our first real guests. So he's a he's an Iron Chef. So he's on the TV he's, show. Iron he Chef. beat Iron Chef and he, he beat Bobby he did Flay. The beat Bobby Flay. And so won. he he on Iron Chef he battled Bobby Flay and won. And then he beat Bobby Flay and beat Bobby Flay. And the the thing he beat Bobby Flay with was is what he started his his Nashville hot chicken, <laughs> which is what. Uh, which is what, uh, Viet came and talked to us about. So this so he is, used to be the chef at Forage. Yeah. And, and part owner. And he's got other That's ventures right. that are going on and stuff like but that. At that time, he'd also just, at the time, he had just wrapped up a show for Food Network where he traveled through Vietnam and did a bunch of cooking stuff. Did a whole bunch of stuff. That had just finished. It hadn't aired yet when we had him so on. So he couldn't show. really talk about it. Wow. So but so we have him on. This is episode fourteen. <laughs> so imagine this. This is like our first six months of doing this show. Like we're into month four at this point. <clears throat> Five, I guess technically. Uh and he comes in, he's in that in my little office next door with us, like Five people crammed in there. Um, I think that was a, an episode that we had a bit too much to drink. Um, <laughs> we drank a they lot. They drank a really. lot in the beginning. <laughs> um, that kind of stopped when Josh left. He was telling us about Pretty Bird opening, and then it didn't open. And, and then Chris it, gave him a bunch of crap. And then it didn't open. And then, and then it, it didn't, didn't open. open. And it just, like, for a long time... It did not open um, over and over and over again. And it was several years. It was a couple years because it was uh, episode 91 is when it actually opened. And so that was in February of um, probably like two years later, like February of like 2018. Don't ask me to math. So um, and he invited us when he finally opened the shop. Like this is two years later. It was the day before the grand opening. And I was like, I don't believe it. I don't believe Pretty Bird's going to open. Because there was like, like he had a bunch of press that was going out and this shop never opened. And I'm like, I don't believe it's going to open. And he gave him so much crap all just, the time. Just on there. It's so funny. And so Viet uh, had us come in. Prior to them opening, like after they'd been approved, like like a, a yeah, couple, they were allowed. Like their grand opening a, was the next day. A couple, day. yeah, a day or two before their grand opening, had us in. We did a show in Pretty Bird. It was just us. He made us dinner. Um, it was it was served it to us. Explained where like why all of the pieces were and included, also, where he sourced them from. Also talked to us about why it took two years because yeah. it turns out the space they're in and the it's the Echo Theater, right? Is that the name yeah. of it? Um, there, it was built to have something there, and when there's a ventilation shaft, and they need the ventilation shaft so they because it's it. a fried chicken place. They're using chicken pressure cookers with lots of steam and smoke, and they need proper in the ventilation. Of a live in the corner of a live theater. <laughs> and, so they um, planned everything around having so this they're ventilation. doing the build out. Turns out the shaft went nowhere. It just, it just went terminated to the, so in the middle of the building. Like, it, like when they would cook, like it would. No, no, no. They they did they did they didn't no, get they to cook oh, because for some they reason couldn't. I thought that they had started. They, they recognized when they were trying to draw the ventilation out, it didn't go anywhere, and so they it took two years and half a million dollars to run the vent to to redo <laughs> and get a vent run in this building so he could put Pretty Bird in the bottom of this building. Um, so worth it. It used to he used to sell out his. Food. Oh, he would open at five and be sold out by seven, and there would be a line around the block when he opened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and actually, I think that I think the location at the Eccles is still very close to that because it's small. It's just like a diner yeah. bar, basically. But there's a location now in Midvale. There's also one uh, on 21st and 7th East. Our agency insures Pretty Bird. Um, but yeah, that was. I, I just I, I 
don't, I would be remiss not to mention that as we're talking about old episodes, but that's one of those things that like, that was awesome. You know, a past guest was like, you know, I talked to you guys early on. I want to have you guys do a show from here. Like I want to prepare you, you know, you're some of the first people that are ever going to eat out of this restaurant. And that was really cool. And it we was, still we still talk like amazing things about it because I still love it. It's, it's one of the so best chicken places I've ever good. eaten. Yeah, if you have not eaten there, you need to you need to make it. You need to eat there. I'm going to make it a priority. My husband is like the biggest food network. Oh yeah, so if you um, go tell Iron him Chef, Viet Pham, Bobby Flay, like he'll know. I mean, he is. He's so, one of very few we're people that definitely have beat Bobby doing this. Flay, yeah. That is yeah. so cool. I yeah. think that's awesome. Yep. As soon as I get home, I'm telling the hubby, and we're going, and he'll be like, "Wait, what? That's here?" But yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, three of them now, don't they? Awesome. Yeah, the one in Midvale. Yep. So there's I one right one off. Of the newest ones are so good. Right off of like 72nd South. You know where the Winco and stuff sat down there? It's in that area. The okay. Pretty Bird. So that might be okay. easiest for you coming from you know down south. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Heck speaking yeah, of doing it. speaking of you and down south, where is you have a new location? I do. Yeah, I do. It's on Main Street in Lehigh. Awesome. So not in your house yeah. anymore. Yay. No, no. You know, I had both studios, and I just I'm solely in in Lehigh. It's a bigger space. It's a bigger studio, and so I can teach out of it. I have more space. That's awesome. And it's just yeah, I love it. I I absolutely. I love being in Lehigh. I mean, the traffic is great. Um, a shorter commute for me, for sure. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, I'm in Lehigh. February 14th, 2018 is when we went to Pretty Bird. Yep. It was, it oh, was that's Valentine's right. Day. It was Valentine's. I have forgotten. About nice. That. Nice. On the love yep. day. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, you need to try that chicken. It's a whole other experience. Oh, wow. And yes. even if you don't like, it looks him. delicious. Even if you don't like all of the things, you need to at least take one okay. bite of that sandwich with all of the things because it's like delicious. No, I feel bad. I just got like chicken strips when I went. It yeah, was so good though. They didn't used yeah. to do just chicken they, strips. That, that's a new thing. They used to only do the breast and the sandwich and crinkle cut fries. Yes, Chris, you had hair fries. Are so good. Uh, sh- now you guys are just making no, me all look hungry. At, look at the top of my head. I did not have all well, that hair. I did not realize Dark how my hair and long. Yeah, I didn't realize how bald I was wow. on top. That was pre-shaving, I guess. That's funny. Yeah. They close at nine. There's time. There's time. There's time. <laughs> Legit. I'll go there with you tonight All after right. we're done. If you want, just pick I love some it. up and take it home. But like hobby. the the sandwich, just because he makes his own slaw, he. I don't know. Like he locally sources the bread. He, I don't, I can't well, even the, think of all the, the things. The one downtown, the, the bread stores literally. Yeah. They don't even put it in a truck. Next they door. Just, they just so put they it just on the cart. through the parking lot. They get it from, oh. they get it from Eva's. Yeah. Right. Isn't that who makes mm-hmm. it for them? Was Eva's bakery downtown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so they just, they just put it on the, you know, the bread that, guards. That you, they just push it through the, the parking was, lot. That's that, cool. That was where they sourced their bread. I don't know that yeah. they still do because that true. was a long time she ago. She may not, they, that bakery may not be big enough to do three restaurants now, but like he's, he's pretty good about trying to source local and, and, and do all of that stuff. But all of that, like he, it's amazing. And I, I'm not a big fan of having all of that stuff on there. I'm a plain Jane kind of person. But if I get the sandwich, I never take, the only thing I usually take off is the pickle. So I know it was just recently, but I want to throw one more thing out. Then we can kind of start wrapping up things up. But the Hill Air Force Museum. I still love that place. Was still one of the coolest places we've ever been to see. Totally free. And then we got to go back a few weeks later and actually talk to the curator. The the curator and, and did a show with him. But. Those planes, some of those planes, 
you will never in your lifetime be able to walk up that close to some of those planes. The well, like the Migs and the, the, the drones. drones. Awesome. I've never been. All of these things that you guys uh, are talking, I'm like, I should be taking notes. And I and I will still say because it's Just absolutely, listen to episode it's absolutely, absolutely, free, I'm going to be take some time it's like you could spend hours and i mean we spent like two and a half hours in there and, and we, we felt like we we were going fast to, to get through everything really you could have spent so much more well you go through the first exhibit and then through a little t- little hallway to a whole nother one and then the third hangers in october in october. october so it'd be three times and these hangers are huge because they literally have full like, like the entire second plane the second hangar has wow. Probably a dozen fighter jets in it, at least. And then the, the, the helicopters. The warthog. They have I mean, a whole wall of all of the, the donors. people that died oh, in yeah. Oh, yeah. The dog tanks. From Utah. Oh, wow. All the people from and it Utah. And that's got to be like was, very... Well, it was really cool because my mom was dating someone who died in Vietnam. And so I took a picture of his name and sent it to her. But um, like... Kearns, where we are right now, used to be a base. Well, not this part of Kearns. Not this but. part, but down lower where I used to live used to be a base, and and it was active during Vietnam. And so there are a ton of people where it says, like, they're from Kearns because they were kind of local, so they just were locally at the base and then got sent off. So there's a ton of them from Kearns that, that went and died and they they've just dedicated a wall to their names and so a couple times a couple times a year and you have to kind of look on their website they open up some of the planes to you you can actually go through them. yeah in the summertime oh that's Mo- fun most of the time you can look and you can look in them but you can't actually get in them but a couple times a year they open it up and you can walk and you can actually too. get in the planes and walk through the planes they have uh the the 4D experience right now where I believe you, you actually fly a mission from Hill to Ellis or something like that, Air Force Base, but it's all virtual, so it's like an hour and a half because it's real they time. They have the C-130 that they've disassembled, yep. and you can go in and they do a bunch of classes. And yeah, things. so it, it is, I mean, kids, old kids like us, just it's It's kind of cool to just see all, like, the stages that everything went through, too. Just And then we announced a couple of weeks ago they're doing the, what are they calling it, the... It's a, it's a, it's a, pro, a team building program. So if you're a business, you can do a team building program there and you work on a plane like, oh, yeah. for a day. Like, to restore, oh, wow. Work restore on the restoration. Yeah. What did they call it? Like, I can't um, remember. But it's, it's a good team anyway, building activity. So yeah. just the interactive and then you are on an active base. So you're, I mean, you're right there and it's what, 45 minutes away. So it's not, yeah, it's a not little that. further for you. Because you're down south. A little further for you, but to, to have something it. like but that. But that's really cool, like just to have that. In just, Utah. Yeah, and they've neat. got, they're the second biggest, aside from the Smithsonian. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. what the curator is, is as far as having planes. Oh, wow. Planes. Yeah. Yeah. That's and really what they have on display isn't all that they have. That's no. the thing that's crazy. That's, that's why they're building the hangar third hangar. Awesome, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they just, they don't have room. He's like, we don't have enough room to display everything that we've got. So, okay. So anyway. As we wrap up, we, we are talking I got, about. I got a thing to bring up. Okay. Some we've got some votes in oh, for the best cheese no, no, fries. No, 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 no. We gotta wait. Until, yeah. We gotta wait until next week. <laughs> we can't do both. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, Fine. 
We're gonna wait till next week when the poll closes. Let's let's let let, let's let more have a week to vote, friends. Yeah, well, you have twenty four hours to vote, but But for twenty four hours, if I remember, I'll put it up again. But but also, like people will be able to vote after they hear this because this will actually go out. That's true. Uh, And we do have a lot of listeners that pick it up on Wednesday and listen to it, which is kind of cool. Okay, so we're gonna we're, we may change our question when we ask all the guests. And I had a suggestion that I put on here. I don't know if you guys saw that. I didn't, um, but let's try it. We can try it with Madge and see I, how it plays out. Well, I want to try it with each of you first, and oh, also okay. Madge. So we'll just go in a circle, and then I'll go last. But because um, that's how you always play it. Yep. So Bree, you get to go first. What okay. is your favorite thing about Utah? My favorite thing about Utah. Um. I think it's, it's just, it's gotta be the everything that is Utah. Like we have mountains, we have desert, we have pine forests, we have other kinds of forests, we have, you can ski, you can go be on the water, you can be in downtown, which is getting better at having a nightlife. Um, we have a really good counterculture here that built like the everything that is Utah that we started this podcast to to talk about that people on the outside just think, well, it's just Utah. This isn't just a bunch of Mormons. It's not. It's this really cool atmosphere where for the most part, people are kind. We don't have a lot of crime. Um, it's a safe place to live. I think it's still relatively speaking. Yeah. Depends and, on where. and financially, like our state is very stable and so in this kind of turmoil time that we're going through right now, it doesn't feel as scary from Utah as it might from California or New York or God forbid, Florida or even Idaho is, is pretty, you know, busting at the seams. So your favorite thing is everything. My favorite thing is, just, <laughs> yeah, like my favorite thing is all of the things that come together to make the the place that I live and and feel the most at home. Okay, what about you, okay. Mr. Jeremy? I would have to say Utah is like porn. Oh my god. So we can't watch ourselves anymore <laughs> in the state. It doesn't matter what you're into. There's something in Utah for everyone. There you go. See, you, Jeremy's in everything too. Can we make a shirt for that? You're you're gay, there's an amazing gay community. You're into mountain biking, there's a community. You're a furry, there's a community. You're into comics, there's a community. You like to massage people's feet? You're into, I mean, Utah has a group, a support group for everything. As we have found in the last seven years, interviewing people that are into things I never even knew existed, and there's a whole community. There's the what do they call themselves? The the armed gay group that are in. Oh yeah, that have the, the guns. To the and guns the- and think every gay person should have a gun. I mean, there is some thing for everybody, and it doesn't matter what you're into. There is something in Utah for every kind of group. Good answer. What about you, Madge? <laughs> that is, that is a really Utah? good answer. Okay, how to follow those two? Maybe well, by not saying everything in some fashion. Right. <laughs> I. I. You know. I'm. <laughs> I would, okay, originally, if you would have asked me this last year, I would have said the four seasons, right? This year, it's been a little different, so I'm not quite sure. We're still kind of like late spring. I'm waiting for the sunshine, okay? I'm waiting for the sunshine. I love Utah. I think that it is just such a great place for everybody to live, right? 
families, kids. Um, we have a little bit of everything, which I know that that's been touched upon. Uh, but I, for me, my very favorite thing about Utah is I love that I can be, I can be in the mountains in a matter of minutes and I can love, I can be in the red rocks and, um, the energy here is great. I'll just sum it all up there. The energy here is great. People are kind for the most part. Um, yeah, that's what I'll say about Utah. What about our local witch? Well, I was going to say all the communities here, but that pretty much was what dad was saying. So <laughs> I mean, you can say the same communities. thing. Communities. <laughs> you can say the same thing. Mine just was less eloquent than about porn. <laughs> a, well, I don't know that porn was eloquent. <laughs> it was funnier. <laughs> oh man, my favorite thing about Utah, and I Utah's a place where uh, you know I've been all over the country. I, I've been in almost every state. I think there's like seven now that I haven't been in, um, mostly for work. But I've got to see and experience a lot of of culture outside the state, uh, around the country. Um, and 100% Bree's actually right. I think, you know, this one thing I always say about Utah, we literally have every type of climate within a couple hours of Salt Lake city with one exception and that's the ocean, but we have a pretty close approximation up in Bear Lake, I think, uh, to what you would get at, at a nice beach in the ocean. Um, maybe a little bit less on the, the water cause Bear Lake's cold as shit. And a little, <laughs> it's a little less wavy. But, um, it's a, it, again, it's a close approximation. Um, but for me, um, you know, I, I think one of the things I like the most about Utah, uh, is not necessarily the communities, but the sense of community. Um, it's something that, that Utah has that a lot of other places do not. There's, you know, in most states, even growing up, you know, in Wyoming, you can talk to your neighbors. You didn't ever have a conversation with your neighbors. You're lucky if you ever fucking saw them. Um, and in Texas, that's certainly the case. Like I go visit my, you know, my, I visited my family in Texas. They don't know who the hell their neighbors are. They don't want to talk to them. They, you know, even the next door neighbors they share a fence line with. Here it's totally different. Um, and some of that is definitely the LDS influence, I think, but I think it's also to the point of, um, you know, what, what Jeremy said, which is there are a lot of really close knit communities here and the state, you know, is the type of environment that fosters people working together to do stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I I don't know if I've ever told this story on the air before, but our neighborhood, um, our, our block in particular, is incredibly diverse. Um, you know, we have a rental house, so sometimes that changes. But we had, at one point, we had Super Mormon next door. We had us, which was yeah, a... Uh, 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 yeah, he still does. Uh, you know, this is a, a Catholic household with a Mormon husband at one point, but you know, Catholic household for the most part. Um, and then next door was an old Japanese couple. And then next to them, uh, is, uh, a couple of Pacific Islanders, uh, with a bunch of kids. And then next to them were, was a Sudanese family. Uh, and then next to them was a, weird, creepy, like white family. They're gone now. <laughs> and then a, a, a family of Mexicans, like a super diverse neighborhood. And that's just in the bulb that's at the just, bottom of our street. That's just the circle on our street. But so we had, um, the Japanese people were dead and we had, uh, Stan and Cassandra next door. Uh, and Cassandra was a NICU nurse, um, for little babies. If you don't know what NICU is, uh, and, and, um, 
the neighbor at the bottom, the the Pacific Islander, she had a baby. She had, had a she had had a premature baby, and it had lots of problems. Um, and it had, I mean, it wasn't uncommon, like you know, once a month or every other month to see the ambulance and the fire truck at their house because something had happened with the baby. And, and they had made really good friends with Stan and Cassandra because they were the kindest people. And Cassandra, being a NICU nurse, was very helpful. And uh, one night, it was like 2.30 in the morning, um, we were awoken by screams of bloody just, murder. Ah! Not, and, not words, just literal, like, just screaming. Yeah. Breeze picking up the phone to call. Well, I'm, first I woke up and I'm like, is that my kid? And I like walked out in the hall. I'm like, okay, no, it's coming from the front of the house. So by the time I get my pants on and I'm out the front door, so too is every neighbor. Running. Running towards the sound of bloody murder. And that's not something I think that I would ever experience anywhere else. I think else other people stay in their house. They hear something like that. They don't run toward the problem. And by the time Bree had gotten on the phone with Other dispatch, people were already calling in. And they're like, we've already got someone on the way. You're like the fourth person to call. Like that's, that's the kind of community and the sense of community. And it's not like we all party together or, you know, hang out all the time, but we talk frequently when we see each other, we say hi, we have conversations about things that we're doing, um, things that we've done. Um, so, uh, I, that's probably my favorite thing about Utah. And it's not, I know for a fact, it's not just my neighborhood because no. I go to Jeremy's house to hang out on Halloween and his neighbors are sitting in his driveway with him. Um, you know, I go to John's house and John knows all of his neighbors incredibly well and like spends time with them and helps so them out with stuff. Levex too. And, and yeah, Sean and Vanita always have their neighbors over. Like, um, it's just a thing that happens here that doesn't happen in a lot of other places that I've been. So, which I think when I talk about feeling very safe, like we don't, you know, Julie was saying there are some parts that aren't, we actually live in a bad area. I mean, it's, it's gangland. It's considered bad. We, we have shootings on the other side of our block, but this particular area where we live, I, I mean, we've accidentally left our garage open. Knock on wood. We've never had a package stolen. Chris has had a, like expensive equipment delivered. $20,000 of computer hardware delivered to the house sitting on the side because the UPS guy was like, I'm not putting all this on your porch. Like you wouldn't even be able to open the door, put it on the side of the house. It's not really protected, not covered by anything sitting all day. No Nothing. one touched it. It was all labeled. Like you could tell what the hell it was. All you had to do was <laughs> yeah. see it. No one touched it. Yep. I've, yeah. We've never, ever had a package. Well, everyone knows where to go. I'm just kidding. Um, we don't give out our address <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I think that's probably um, my favorite thing about Utah. It's it's uh, something that I think is relatively unique here. Um, All right, time for our weekly affirmation. The moment you start acting like your life is a blessing, it starts feeling like one. That's a good one. Mm. Get grateful. Get grateful. Get grateful. If you're looking for answers, the easiest fix to any problem is to start with gratitude. Look around you uh, and name something that's awesome. Do you have a truly amazing cat? Fuck yeah. <laughs> What's awesome to... about that cat? Aren't you glad it's alive? Do you hate cats and don't have one? Isn't it amazing that you don't have to live with one of those furry little creeps? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now keep going. 
That was a really good Great affirmation. That, that's yeah, a good one that's for a good Madge's one. episode. I feel yeah. like I feel like this box is really good at uh, suiting our our guest. I just pick them blind too. It's great. So Madge, where can people find you? How do they uh, get foot rubs and and uh, Reiki and all that other fun stuff? Or all learn that fun how to stuff. Do it? You know the easiest way I could tell you my website and it's long and just go to on Instagram at Pixie Feet Wellness and you'll find me and all of all of the goodness there. Yeah. And you can find us at TNU Podcast um, or on uh, our website, thenewutah.com. If you want to go find old episodes, if you want any any of the stuff that we talked about today, you could do a search on the website. It'll find the episodes. Like, search for Sim Gill. It'll find all the episodes of Sim Gill. Halo Air Force Base. Yeah, the Aerospace that. Museum. It'll find that. Eventually, I promise I'll start blogging again, but I've been extremely busy. I've been working 12-hour days, five days a week, so. Hot dog dash water will get you there, too. Hot dog dash water.com. Yeah, that's we'll another get you way there. to get there. Um, and maybe I can give that site to Madge because that matches like feet stuff, hot dogs, feet. Hot dogs. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. I love um, it. It's been a fun seven years. Um, it'll be, um, I don't know, seven more. I don't years. know about seven more. I guess we'll just have to see where we'll this train see, goes. We'll, we'll <laughs> see where we go. Maybe we'll start a Patreon in our seventh year and actually, uh, make some money on it. I don't know. We'll see what happens. That just usually means more work because we got to record more stuff. So I don't know that we'll actually get there. 